thanks for tuning into the Two Face podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Samantha. And we're here to shine a little light into the pros and cons of all things health and fitness. And probably some banter along the way. Hey guys, firstly, we just wanted to start off this podcast by thanking you for tuning in and listening. Um, Being our first time, there may be a few bloopers um, and giggles along the way. Um, It is a little bit nerve-wracking speaking into this microphone for the first time. So yeah, just thank you for listening and supporting us. If you could give us a like and a follow so we know who's tuning in, that would be great as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same too, Taylor. I'm feeling a little bit nervous today. Um, so yeah, guys, just be patient with us. It's the first potty. So yeah, hopefully we can um, get more confident as we go along. So today's episode is episode one, um, Behind the Faces. So we're going to be um, talking about um, our journey in the health fitness industry and sort of how we've gotten to where we are today. Um, you will learn a little bit more about our lives, a little bit more about us, which will hopefully Um, influence the next few podcasts that we do when we start to talk about our relationship with our body and also things that we've um, been on through this time. Yeah, cool. All right, I'm going to kick start us off by telling you a little bit about my story and I guess how I got to um, Taylor Kelly Fitness today, so my studio that I've just built. So I'll just take you back to school. So during school, I was actually a bit of an art nerd. So I would, in year 11 and 12, I kind of cut off from most of my friends and spoke, spent most of my like recess and lunches in the art room. Um, back then, I wanted to be a graphic or interior designer. Um, as time went on and I looked more into that industry, I realized that that would probably mean moving states, which I wasn't overly interested in at the time. Um, I really am close to my family, so that was something I wasn't wanting to move away from. So throughout my senior years, I really started getting into gyms and boot camps as well. I did lofty most days after school. I don't know how, I can't even do that anymore. (laughs) My fitness and I cannot do lofty. Um, But my main turning point was I actually had a ex-boyfriend, I was very young, but still an ex-boyfriend who had a bad car crash. So he had to go, um, he was in an induced coma and he had to go through rehab. Um, And I also did a placement at the time at Hampstead Rehabilitation Centre. And that's where I decided that I wanted to be an occupational therapist. Um, My brother has autism, so I've grown up around people with disabilities, um, supporting people and yeah, doing a lot of that. So I find a lot of fulfillment in helping people. So that's what took me to uni. Um, I didn't get into my first, well, my first preference, which was OT. So I fell into human movement, which is um, a bit more of like a foundation course. So it touches on everything. So then you can branch into OT, exercise physiology, physio, wherever you want to take it. Towards the end of my year of human movement, me and a few friends went to the counsellor and we got told that we wouldn't get in and I still tried anyway, thank goodness, to which I did get into OT. But it was during my OT that I actually um, really got into the gym and started my first competition. So through my comp training, I was prioritising that over uni, which if any, you've been to uni. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So you just, you, you need to be focused on uni when you're there. And I was not. So I decided to defer. 
um, and I did my PT course just as something to do because I was interested and I got offered a job at Good Life because that's where I was doing my PT course. So it's kind of, my business has kind of been a flowing effect. It's just kind of yeah. all fallen into place as meant to be kind of thing. Um, so I worked at Good Life for a few years, um, F45, went to Derrimit. Ironically, when my business was kind of at its peak, I, I think I'd just overloaded myself with work. And ironically, a year ago, I had moved states to try and run away from it because I felt like the only way I could leave the fitness industry was to completely remove myself because I felt responsible for a lot of my clients. Because yeah. as you know, you get quite attached to your clients that mm. even when they leave you, you're still concerned about their health and well-being. Yeah. Um, COVID happened, so I had to move back. I didn't really know what to do. Um, was feeling quite lost. A lot of things happened while we were interstate. It was one of those what's the worst that could happen situations and everything that could have happened happened, but it got me to where I am today. And yeah, so my COVID project was building a, a gym initially just for myself and then it became for clients and I fell back into the fitness industry and now my business is booming more than ever and I'm loving it more than ever because I've now got my own space and a bit more of a personal identity I guess within my business so yeah that's where where I guess my journey it's just kind of been a bit of a roller coaster but it's falling into place now yeah no it sounds awesome I'm so excited to sort of hear a bit more about that I haven't really heard about sort of your journey and I didn't yeah. even know you went to uni so that's yeah. like really really cool yeah 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 I don't didn't really think to talk that in depth about it before so it's when you look at it it's quite yeah quite a journey to have gotten here but yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm feeling really positive about us two joining together and I think you know what you've been through and you know your journey and my journey together I think we can talk about some really interesting topics that people really love to hear about yeah and um, we're also open to you know guys um, letting us know if there's something you want us to both talk about um, and we can even discuss that um, in future podcasts. Yeah, like even if people are wanting to know, I guess, a bit more about uni versus doing um, like certificates yeah. and stuff like that because obviously I did human movement, which can go into exercise physiology, which is very similar. I just guess you work with a higher and more um, like clinical clientele than yeah. a normal personal trainer would. So. Um, and I guess even I kind of need to elaborate my understanding of the difference between the two as to would that be something I may want to do in the future? Who knows? Yeah. So um, we might even be able to get some other people in from the fitness industry and have a chat to them too. Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting. I think, yeah, we can play off what other people have yeah. experienced. And I think that's what people love to hear about. And I think that's why we really wanted to do Behind the Faces was for you to really understand a bit about both of us um, and then... Yeah, you just know a little bit more about how, how we've really got here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, is a, it is a long journey and I'm a little bit older than Taylor. So um, my journey in the health and industry health industry started probably five, six years ago, um, but I'm 32, whereas yeah. you're 25 and you're still in the peak of, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. I started pretty much as soon as, soon as I got out of high school. I yeah. kind of got straight into it. I mean... I was owning my, I owned my own business at 20, 20 years old, which yeah. is really crazy to think about. It's awesome. Yeah. 
and like it's inspiring for other people who want to take that step yeah and probably we could do a bit talk a bit more about how you how you got your business to being so successful at 25 yeah you know exactly people be really... a, lot of, a lot of hard work a lot of hustle <laughs> yeah well that's what we're about the hustle are we and multiple jobs which we both have yeah so. and um, that's what we love and I can see that we both have a true passion for health and fitness and um our clients and always wanting the best for them because I, I really did resonate with you saying that you know, you can't just let go of your clients. Yeah. Like I feel the same. Um, when people finish programs with me, I'm always checking in on them. If I see them in the street, I'm really interested to see where they're going if they have decided to not continue on because of money or, you know, yeah, their circumstances have changed. Um, and, yeah, you just – you do worry. You yeah. worry about everyone that, you know, comes into your life because everybody has their own journey and sometimes people – yeah, they really make you feel like you're really helping them. and Yeah, yeah and sometimes there's a bit more going on behind the scenes mm. than what people will admit, but yeah. we can see that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, we've talked about me. So you've said you've gone to uni and I know you've got a few jobs. So why yeah. don't you explain that a little bit more to me and to everyone who's listening? Yeah. All right. Well, here's a little bit of my journey. So I might take you back to when I was a kid because um, I think that's when – it really became like sport and fitness became something like that was really important to me. So when I was little, I played so many sports. I played soccer, I played netball, I played touch footy, and I played futsal. Touch futsal. Yeah. What's futsal? So futsal is actually indoor soccer, but oh. it's, it's like the best. I absolutely yeah. loved playing um, futsal. I went to the state championship um, in Queensland um, to play. It was really good. I actually think that I was, I was better at futsal than I was at like outdoor soccer because um, it's the pitch is smaller it's and um, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different, and there's like not that far to run. I don't know if you've ever played soccer, but the pitch no. <laughs> when you're like midfielder, maybe at like um, school sap sizes, but that's about it. <laughs> well, trust me, if you're a midfielder, oh, it's it's hard. Soccer it's hard player work. goes bikini model. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's probably why I have such muscly legs. Um, people always ask me, how did you get muscly legs? Uh, I played soccer. soccer yeah, yeah um, it's just and a bit of genetics, I think. Um, all my family has um, big muscle legs oh, so, and big calves. So. That, that's a benefit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've always sort of played like competitive soccer. Um, anyone that's sort of listening that's played soccer with me would know that I, I'm super competitive. Um, and I think I sort of take that in a lot of things that I do. Yeah. Not um, like... I'm not competitive with people. I'm competitive with myself. With so yeah, like, I want to be the best version of myself and push myself to like the ultimate. So um, that's probably a little bit about what I did as a kid. Um, or actually, I want I want to just no, I won't go into that. I was going to talk about how um, like how competitive me and my friend Sandra were. <laughs> yeah, go on, touch on it. All right. So um, we like we were always super competitive. We always played soccer together. Um, and people actually used to hate playing against us because we both would be like, we'd play a little bit rough. So we're not like rough where we do like a dirty tackle or anything, but like a little bit of a like hip and shoulder and like, we'd try to like outdo people. And it yeah. was like, it was just like, I was just thinking of that. Like when I was putting some notes together and I actually was just laughing. I thought, yeah, like I was so competitive. Like anybody that listens to this podcast that plays soccer with me or against they'll, me, they'll get it. They'll be like, Sam was crazy on the field. Like you don't ever want to play against this. So like, I just thought that was funny. Like to, to think back at like those good times. Yeah. It was, it was like so long ago that. Yeah, played. that you played sport. Yeah, I went, yeah. played sport because you know from sport, I sort of went into like I just stopped. Yeah. Like yeah, I just pretty much. Well, I'll talk actually. I'll talk about how I got into soccer. So my dad was a coach. Um, he literally took me from when I was little. So I could walk and talk. I always went to like soccer games. 
Um, and I became familiar with it, like all the like guys that were there and they sort of like became like a family for me. Um, and that's pretty much how I learned how to play soccer. Like, I don't think my dad ever sat there and sort of taught me how to play. I sort of taught, I just taught myself from watching and like how he would train people. Um, and then, yeah, that's how I really got a passion for it. Um, and then I pretty much, yeah, I got, I reckon I got to like high school, um, and I had a really bad breakup. Um, with what my partner uh, at the time that I was with for quite a long time. So I decided to start running because um, I feel like that was like my escape. Isn't uh, it funny? I feel like <laughs> breakups always really get people into their training because yeah. I was the exact same with two instances. One, when I was young and I started the gym. Yeah. And then two, my second, no, third, third bodybuilding competition was really after a big breakup <laughs> and it's because I wanted to work on myself. Don't worry, I'm the same. I feel like I use breakups to like reinvent, <laughs> reinvent myself. Yeah, I'm going to come back better than ever. Um, so yeah, that I just started running and everybody knew me in the area. Like they'd be like, oh, I saw you running. I saw you running. And I just really found like it really just helped me get out of the real negative like, shithole that I was in. Like yeah. it was a really tough time. Um, so yeah, then, then I pretty much started going to the gym. Um, I never really wanted to lift weights because I was so scared. Like I, you know, the, everyone thinks that you're going to get bulky like, yeah. and go into the weight room. So that was something that I was really scared about. So I didn't really want to do it for quite a long time. Um, and then I, like, then I went to, I'm not sure. Like I started following Lucinda. Do you know Lucinda? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So really that's pretty much where like my journey started. So I started following her on Instagram and I just was in love with the way her body sort of looked. So I, like I went and did a 12 week program with her, um, because I was going to Europe. Um, with Tyson and I was like oh, I just want to look so good in a bikini and like I looked amazing like after 12 weeks like I really got yeah yeah I really just I killed it and then that, back to another breakup story <laughs> <laughs> um so then yeah like we came back um and like we just had so much fun and I just think it like I was just in a really negative place myself once I got back I don't even know why like, I can't even explain it like maybe I was depressed that I wasn't away anymore and like you know I just I can't even explain why. I was touching on this with um, Steph, who did my website, and she was saying how she needs a holiday because she is another person that has multiple jobs, plus my non-official personal assistant and our logo designer and all the rest of that. So she said how she desperately needs a holiday, and I said that, and this is something that my partner also said to me, it's great to take a holiday, but you need to not take a holiday to have a break. Yeah. Because the minute you get back, you'll go back to slamming yourself with all this work and you would have just had a break to come back and go back to your old habits. Mm. You need to find balance in your everyday life. And I think that's why people do get that post-holiday depression is because they have like an awesome time away and then they come back to reality. Yeah, I think that as well because I'm someone that pushes myself. Yeah. And um, in that time, I was actually, I haven't actually said this, but... I went to uni and I got my degree as interior architect. So at that time, around then, I actually went into working as an interior architect at a place and I really didn't like it. Funny, we're both interested in design. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, so, and I just, I really, it was my dream job. Like, I worked so hard to get there. Like, I I reckon I sent, I'm not going to lie, like 200 emails. I was like, I'm not giving up because I'm going to get a job in a, like an architectural yeah. firm. Like that's where I want to be. I worked at Beaumont. I literally did the hard yards to get that job. Yeah. And then I hated it. And it was like the biggest, like it felt so shit to hate something that I wanted so bad. Worked so I worked so hard for it. And like, I don't want to talk negatively about it. It might've just been the culture of that particular place that I was working at. 
I hated it. Like I used to come home crying, like I didn't want to be there. And it was yeah. just really sad. So I was like personally going through like a loss of identity. Yeah, an identity I, Like I felt like everything I wanted was failing. Like, you know, then I came back from my holiday and then me and Tyson were going through a rough patch and then we decided to sort of break up. And it was just like a really shit time. So then, yeah, I decided to do a bodybuilding competition. Because yeah. <laughs> that's going to make everything better. Yeah, so like I wanted to get, like, and I put on a bit of weight when I was in Europe. Like, not a lot, but like a couple of kilos. So yeah. I was like, that's it. I just want to look amazing. And yeah, so I did, um, I competed with Lucy as my coach. And yeah, I did well. And I was really, really happy, you know, with the outcome of it all. Um, but yeah, then... I don't know. It really tested me afterwards. I so really... would this have been around about the time that we crossed paths in yeah. life? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, because you had good life and I was there just smashing training it. cardio every morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the stepper like the kickbacks. Yeah, like, have you seen those memes where they're like, they, I stepper shouldn't you shouldn't do kickbacks on the stepper? Yeah, like, guilty. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, that was me. Um, but yeah, so then I competed and then yeah, I just. Yeah, I feel like I was just always going into like a negative like spiral after everything I did. I like really struggled afterwards um, putting on weight. I put on only like a couple of kilos um, and then I just really like hated my body. Yeah. I was just like, you know what it's like. It just yeah, really... Yeah, post-comp loops. Yeah, I got those really bad. I got a really bad negative relationship with food. Um, you know, I didn't want to go out and eat. I didn't want to be social. I just thought I looked fat in everything that I wore. Like it was really, really toxic sort of behavior. So that's what sparked me to be like, you know what? I want to be fit and healthy. Um, I need to go educate myself. So I got my certification in uh, health coaching and nutrition. But then I also went and studied at the psychology of eating. So I learned about how to build a better relationship with food and how like culture and everything plays a really big impact on, you know, who you are as an eater, yeah. how you should eat mentally, how you process food, you know, um, you know, how you look at food, like crazy stuff. Like, yeah, it was amazing. This course was really long, really in depth, but it changed my life because I can honestly sit here and say I have a really good relationship with food. And, like, the only reason why I can say that is because this course saved me. Yeah, like you did it, the groundwork. Yourself. I did the groundwork. Yeah. I put in the work. I literally I, – I was like, this – there is – I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I was binge eating, overeating, having, like – I was eating so much junk. Like, I couldn't control myself. Like, I, I was really lost control after com. And I feel like a lot of people that compete – do go down that road. Yeah, I totally and I was scared. Yes. I was like, have I got, I've got an eating disorder. Like, this is where I'm going because yeah. I'm, like, binge eating and, you know, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's two days before I can, like, have a slice of bread. What the hell? Just have a slice <laughs> of bread. Like, it was really, really negative. Um, so, yeah, th that course was just, oh, it was the best thing that I ever did and I've, I'm so grateful that I pushed myself. Like, it was really expensive for me to do, but it was worth it because now I can sit here and say, like, I have no regret when I eat food, like at all. And that was just, it's been a long road. Like it didn't happen overnight. It's just something I had to build and build and build on until like, yeah, like now I can actually say that maybe a year ago I would say, oh, I'm getting there. But like now I can say, yeah. It's terrifying though that it's such a, you know, after being, I guess, achieving such a huge goal that it then becomes such a huge achievement to be able to eat without fear. Yeah. Like something so basic, like yeah. a human need to survive is to eat. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden people fear that mm. because their um, our perception gets skewed because of, you know, 
doing comps or, you know, everyone giving their opinion, which is a big one for me. Like, I know if I keep to myself, I'm okay. But if I let too many people tell me what I should or shouldn't do, that's when I kind of start to freak out a bit as well. Yeah. 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 I I totally get that because I'm the same. I I even felt like it's, there's always like a negative and a positive, like people either really positive with what you're doing or like really negative. Cause I remember when I was competing, you know, I'm trying to be really fit and healthy and I'm eating healthy and there was just so much negativity around it. Yeah. People were like, Oh, well, why are you doing that? You know, yeah. why are you restricting yourself? So I feel, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on both sort of, yeah, definitely. Like, so both, both ends of it. Um, but yeah, so that was why I did that. But then I'm also just graduated and did the sports, our sports nutritionist course. So I'm really happy with that. Um, and I'm hoping that can help me, like, I want to compete. If you're listening, Tyson, I'm not going to tell you when, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I really want to push myself. Like I'm going to, I want to coach myself, um, and, and see like if I can ever be a good enough coach to coach. That's exciting. Yeah. Like it's really exciting, but I'm also someone that's very realistic. If I'm not good enough, I'm not going to do it. Like people's health is way more important than than me making a dollar um and a lot of people would know that i give away so much free information i spend hours texting back to people about health and wellness and like just because i'm just i just love it and you know if i if anything i can tell them can make them have a positive journey then i'm all for it um so yeah that's probably the next sort of thing and you know there's a lot of other things in the woodworks and my book's coming out hopefully soon um and there's a little bit more about me in that as well yeah that's exciting my journey yeah ebooks are a lot of work oh yeah um i did one with my friend who's a nutritionist over covid that was another covid project i forgot to mention um but yeah it was it was a lot of work to you know do that and that was just like a mini little six week one so nothing to the extent of what I'm imagining yours is going to be I can't wait to see it yeah so pretty much the first part of the book is like about my my history of like my life um I'll in a lot more like detail yeah Yeah. about stuff um and then I go into like self-love like how I really reclaimed my life again so I talk about that the steps that I use to to do it and then I talk about nutrition so the things that you should do to have a healthy lifestyle and then pretty much goes into 80 recipes um, that have been dietitian approved by a friend of mine. Shout out to you, you're the best. Like she's so good and she's been so patient with me. Like this has been a three year project yeah. and she's just, you know, always there to like check things off. And yeah, I'm really excited. I'm probably never going to do one of these again because it's <laughs> a lot of money and a lot of time, but it's so worth it. Like every time I read how much better it's got, it makes me really happy and yeah. makes me really proud. Um, and, you know, makes me like have the drive to do the podcast because yeah. I was like, well, what's next? What's yeah. next for me? You know, what's always, next? always going, always yeah. going, always <laughs> going. And I think that's something that's really good. Like, I feel like we both have a lot of passion to, to do a lot of things. Like, and I hope that we can do other things together that will be awesome for people. I have like so much, we've already got a list of ideas. Yeah. Together. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I hope we can share, sort of share that with, with everyone. Um, and oh, I forgot most importantly, the best thing that's ever happened to me is I'm now a mum. So yeah, yeah, um, I nearly forgot that one. Yeah, I nearly <laughs> forgot that. But that's probably the biggest achievement of my life. Um, as if you obviously a few of you would have me on Instagram, um, you would see my little one a lot. Um, she's seriously such a little character, and um, I love her. And I would always put her first before like any work sort of stuff. Yeah. But I hope one day, like I'm so honored to be her mum. So I hope she's happy. Yeah, of course yeah. you'll be. So You're a great role good. model. Yeah. But that's that would be really helpful as well. Like obviously not only just to use as a business thing, but it would make you understand your clients, as yeah. you were saying to me earlier today, a little bit more, you know, understanding 
how crazy it is having a child as well and how life is a little bit more unpredictable and you can't plan to do everything I guess like what you could before even having a partner you know it changes your schedule a lot and you can't always prioritize yourself anymore there's other things that need to come first so well I think that's the thing that scares me the most about sort of committing to competing again and like for me to really put that out there and say to people yeah like I'm going to get up stage and and I'm going to look better than I did before like it really scares me because I do have all these other things in my life that are way more important than me getting on stage but I really want to do it because it makes me feel like I can achieve anything yeah um it's so empowering getting on stage and knowing that all your hard work is not like it's it's all done like it feels impossible I think that's why people get so addicted to competing because the whole process feels impossible to get there every training session like towards the end it gets a bit of a struggle and once it all comes together it's I've only felt the feeling of being proud a few times in my life. And I yeah. remember the first time I felt it was when I competed the first time with Dre. And it, it brought tears to my eyes. Like, it's a very overwhelming feeling because it's not very often that we feel proud of our own achievements and we can admit our own success. Yeah, I find that, I think, Australian culture, we... Um, we dim like dim down our spotlight mm. a lot. Like we, we don't do. speak highly of ourselves. Whereas like Americans, for example, mm. they really like they upsell themselves and they are all about promoting who they are and what they stand for. And they are the best, and yeah. they'll be the best trainer or the best um, like health enthusiast, and they'll you know they'll get you the best results. Yeah. Whereas we you know oh yeah I help I help a few people yeah like, we really <laughs> sound like me I always get that people go so what do you actually do and I'm like um so like I am a health coach and like a nutritionist like sports nutritionist and they're like oh well we didn't know what you do yeah but I'm just someone and I really don't I dim it down I dim yeah, down a same. lot of my achievements and sometimes I feel like but why why do I have to dim down the things like that things we that, work hard that I've for. worked so hard for and like even sometimes with my book when people are like oh like, I don't know, not that they don't think that it's been hard work, but I'm like, it is being like hell. I'm up every night, ask Tyson for the last three years, I'm literally up every night editing, cooking, remaking. Like you don't just cook a recipe once, you cook it like 50 times. Yeah. Like, and there's 80 recipes until it's perfect. And I'm a perfectionist. And I've probably taken the photos of my recipes like 20 times. Like I, it's been a lot of, a lot of work, but I don't like to talk about it because I feel embarrassed and... People say, like, to be honest, I didn't even tell my parents that I did this cookbook. One day my dad was like, so this lady was talking about this Samantha Carboni that's done this recipe book and I'm her father. Like, you know, and my dad had no idea that I was doing this. And I'm just someone that, I'm not someone that wants to, like, boast about what what I'm doing and what I'm capable of. But, yeah, like, it's, we should be proud. And, like, feeling proud is a good feeling. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, getting there. And also touching back to, like, um when you said you were competing and, you know, it gets sort of hard. Like, what did you do to, like, get to the end? Because I know that I, like, did some weird stuff. Yeah, I was... <laughs> <laughs> Excessive caffeine, okay. um, lots of techno music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's actually really funny because I was, like, listening to, like, these weird medi- um, motivational, like, speeches. I don't know if you did that, but I was thinking about the other day because I was talking to a, um, to a friend that um about about being motivated in the end of like whatever they're doing and I was just thinking back at like how much weird stuff I did like I was just I was just like caffeine everything 
running like extra just to like motivate uh, yeah, myself. Yeah, I would do lots of extra stuff that yeah. I wasn't meant to do. Like, yeah, me too. I'm and I wouldn't miss to anything. If I missed something, I would cram it into the next day. Even if I had missed a training session, I would train sometimes twice in the one day. Like, yeah. it was just, it was silly. Some things were... Even eating, if I was really struggling, I used to have bowls of peas with salt. Like, <laughs> who does that? Like, yeah, it's just weird. I've heard of people doing cucumber with um, stevia. Like, just oh, really wow. bizarre stuff. Yeah, I feel like in the end, when you're getting so close to that, to that goal, you just start doing really weird, bizarre yeah. stuff. Like, I, would, I was just thinking... I think you're just so deprived that yeah. just, your brain's my, not working. My weirdest one actually would have to be I went through a phase <laughs> where I would put sugar-free maple syrup on my chicken and, yeah, just let's just leave it there. Yeah, I, think, I, I think we're, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a laugh. But, yeah, you, you do find yourself going a bit, a bit crazy with the bodybuilding or any sort of goal, getting towards You forget goal. about that, though, because I haven't competed in two coming up three years I think oh my God. 18 19 20 yeah this will be the third year again I'm also looking at doing a comp too we'll just see how we go let's not release dates to everyone just in case it doesn't happen <laughs> um but you know I look back and oh I see people posting about all these over-the-top foods and I couldn't eat that stuff anymore yeah. but I used to really like I used to scroll through photos of all these over-the-top burgers and loaded yeah. chips I would never eat that stuff, but it's just because your mind is so deprived. Do you think that you want that? Yeah, that's that's so true. And I think that's one thing that scares me the most about competing again because my relationship has got so, good, so with food, good I'm scared that I'm I'm gonna like do damage to it. I'm gonna, you know, spiral out of control again. You know, there's always that fear of the fear of rebound. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're all human. Like everybody's gonna go through something no one's relationships ever perfect like you know I can probably say yeah my relationship's perfect but there probably are things that could be could improve yeah. you know but I feel comfortable with who who I am as an eater so I that, yeah that's much the same as me it's taken me that's why it's been three years is because I had to rebuild my trust with myself and food and you know speaking out if I do fall back into bad eating habits again because it's just it's not a good place to be and where you wake up and you think the first thing that you're thinking about is what you're going to eat for the day or yeah. if you get up and you have a piece of bread it's like you've ruined your whole diet for the day like yeah. it's one piece of bread like yeah. it's not going to kill you um and then it becomes a loaf and you know binging and stuff like that so it's just yeah it's very scary thinking that that could happen again but yeah you don't know until you try yeah yeah and that's right and you know everybody's got to have their own journey with food and i think hopefully we can touch it a bit more in, a, in another podcast where we can really open up about obviously we've both struggled with um you know, with eating and our yeah. relationship. And that's a lot of something that not many people would probably know. They just yeah. see the highlight reels that you see on Instagram and yeah. Facebook because you don't post about that stuff. No one does. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it would be really good because I'm sure a lot of females and also males, like I think sometimes we push it towards that females are the yeah. only ones that have a negative relationship with food. But men are also do, men also do have a negative relationship with food. Um, like, sorry, Tyson, I threw you under the bus, but <laughs> <laughs> like at times he does feel guilt around food. Yeah. You know, if he's just gone and smashed a block of chocolate and left me none, yeah. he's like, oh, what'd I do that for? And you know, probably not to the, to the way I was where I would binge after he would, he would do it and have, you know, have something to say about it and then obviously move on. But he still did have that bit of that regret, guilt, yeah. that guilt, that regret. And, you know, everybody does have a bit of something. So, yeah, hopefully we can touch on it a bit more. And I think, yeah, we've both, we've both been there. And I think it'll be nice for people to listen to us talk about it. Because, yeah, obviously, like you said, nobody 
really puts on their social media about what they're going through. Yeah, and especially yeah. both of us being in the health and fitness industry, we're portrayed to have this perfect lifestyle where we perfectly eat <laughs> and we perfectly train and we don't have bad days and we only have great days and we just look amazing and, you know, yeah. that, that, that's how people see people in our sort of industry. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's really, like, it would be really interesting for us to even talk a little bit about what we want to do in the podcast. Yeah. You know, talk about the negative effects of certain things in the fitness industry that are false, yeah. you know, um, well, I mean, you want to talk a little bit about what you, what you want to sort of give, give to the listeners. <laughs> sorry. No, that's right. <laughs> you're, <laughs> <tied down. laughs> you're probably on the spot now. Oh, sorry. sorry. Think, well, oh, now I'm, I'm, I've lost my thought. You go. You no, go. no, that's, that's right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I shared this video the other day on, oh, of the bum. Yeah. Like yeah. the fake, the fake, things that they put in the bum, like to make her butt look good. I was like, whoa, is this real? And yeah, it is. Like this is... So to touch base on that, guys, Sam um, uploaded a video and it was a girl doing a photo shoot for a pair of leggings. I think you guys would have seen them. They're all over TikTok. They're those leggings that make your bum look great. They've got the scrunch bum and the textured pattern. But the girl that was in the photo shoot, she'd had like bra padding, but for her butt put in her pants <laughs> I have never seen anything like that yeah I couldn't believe it yeah so obviously to give that nice that nice round, round plump and yeah it's really sad because I don't know now that I'm a mum I know that like my body doesn't look how we used to like when you know yeah when I was competing and whatever so for me when I buy a pair of tights I'm like I'm extra careful to know like oh you can't really see my cellulite yeah. like you know if you're gonna see it a little bit whereas like something like that is just like it's bad. Like it, yeah. it gives it gives off that you have to have this perfect body to wear these tights. Like that girl would have had no cellulite on there after they put that yeah. on there. She may have had some before, and they just wanted to make it look perfect. Yeah, and I just I so think even like people's Instagrams photos though. Like even me, like I'll upload a photo, but I'll upload a photo on a good angle, of yeah. course. So you know, everyone needs to you know appreciate to take social media with a pinch of salt. Mm. And I think we all know it. We just you know, even me, I will look at fitness, like people, fitness influencers that I look up to or fitness yeah. models, but who's to say that that's what they look like all the time? Like they'd be doing the same as me. They're going to upload the photo that mm. they look the best in. They're going to, you know, pose at an angle that they know they look good at. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just too often we forget that the exact traits that we do, other people will be doing as well. And they would be looking up to people as well. Yeah. So no one is perfect. Yeah, I, defi I definitely resonate with that. I think that's really what we want to bring in this podcast. This is the truth. The truth about, yeah, just about... The two-face yeah, of social media, the industry. And that, you know, a lot of... It's, it's really damaging this, our society. And obviously having a daughter growing up, I'm thinking... I don't want her to grow up always feeling like she's never enough because yeah. like, that's really what, what essentially it's doing. You're feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to wear these tights. I'm not good enough. Like I don't look good enough yeah. to wear that or I don't have enough qualifications yeah. to do this. Uh, yeah. I just yeah. feel like it's going to, it's becoming really damaging. So that was the reason behind why we sort of called it the two face podcast. It's going to have two of our views as well, but also the negatives and the positives. Yeah, like the it's... pros and cons of social media, of um, health and fitness, of having a coach, of everything really from, you know, health and well-being. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I think that's really yeah. what we're going to be bringing, a bringing across. So, um, 
Should we wrap it up? Yeah, we'll wrap it up there, guys. I'm um, sorry, we went off on a few tangents with our stories, um, but we'll touch base with you on our next podcast. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening. <laughs>